History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Mark Twain was on to something. Last week closed with former President Donald Trump on trial for civil fraud. This week, a new trial for fraud began. Who was under trial? The Crypto King. Sam Bankman-Fried, 31 years old, began his trial this week. He was once known as one of the leading proponents for using cryptocurrency, a digital currency that is not reliant on a government or a bank. His company, FTX, paid for a Super Bowl ad in 2022. But just months later, he was arrested. $8 billion from investors unaccounted for. While many believed responsible investments were being made at FTX, Bankman-Fried has allegedly spent millions upon millions for personal use. Some digital currencies have lost all value. Sam denies any wrongdoing, but what is the famous saying? Follow the money. The lives of many investors have been greatly affected. But one thing is for sure. God is always in control of everything we need. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus And today, we're in a series that will continue next week called The Christian's Warfare. Throughout the past few programs, we've looked at various Bible passages talking about our great enemy, the devil. He's called a roaring lion in Scripture, but he is also called weak. How can this be? Well, it's because our enemy is a defeated enemy. His days are numbered, and one day, he will face eternal judgment when Christ returns. But he's not going down without a fight. With his life facing inevitable destruction, he wants others to join him. Yes, even those who profess faith in Christ. Stay with me. We're going to continue to look at Ephesians 6, where Paul teaches Christians about the armor of God. It's something we all need more of today. And we'll also hear another excerpt from the radio theater production of C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters. I asked Paul McCusker, the director of the radio theater production of the Screw Tape Letters, to talk with me about why Lewis wrote this book from the perspective of a demon. C.S. Lewis wrote it for a Church of England newspaper. So they were released one a week. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Then move on to the next one, Then, because there are 32 of them. And I think what he did was brilliant. And trying to read it in in a binge reading, you're gonna, you're gonna lose a lot of what he did and the subtlety and the thought behind it. So this idea of his, by the way, uh, it's funny. It actually came to him. He had been ill, and he finally got back to church. And I don't know if the homily, you know, if this sermon was was boring or what it was, but he began to have this idea of of turning everything upside down. What if we could get it from a demon's perspective, letters to a junior demon about how demons do what they do to tempt us? And then through that, you would get all these insights about human nature and how then the demons would use our own nature against us and the mental tricks that we play on ourselves to give in to temptation or whatever. And so the brilliance of it was that he he found almost the perfect vehicle to deal with a lot of spiritual things. But because he does it from the negative or, you know, for the demon, it's the positive. 
mm-hmm. but because he flips it around it gives it a whole new fresh aspect so that when we're when we're reading it we recognize ourselves in just every letter and every temptation and every plan that's the director and producer of the radio theater production of c.s lewis's screw tape letters paul mccusker talking about lewis's unique way of challenging christians to take spiritual warfare seriously i want you to enjoy this cinema of the mind experience this october I believe it'll help you better understand the reality of battle every Christian faces today. And ultimately, it teaches that even the devil himself is still limited by the sovereign reign of Jesus. So for your gift to the ministry, I'd like to send you five hours of entertainment on four CDs of the Screwtape Letters. Please come to our website after the program. Watch the behind-the-scenes video where you'll see Andy Serkis, better known for his portrayal of Gollum in the Lord of the Rings movies, and he'll bring screw tape to life. And then you can make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And just a note, this CD set costs us more to get to you, so please be as generous as you can. You could also call us to make your gift and ask for the CD set of screw tape letters at 865 Haven. 865 Haven. And now let's open the program with Micah Tyler. The verdict was guilty. Case closed. The end. No chance for me to ever leave this prison of my sin. Now I know it might sound crazy, but one day a key unlocked that cell. I heard a small voice say your debt's been paid by somebody else And now I'm walking, walking Nothing perfect I still stumble every single day I still get knocked down But the difference now Is that's not where I stay Cause I got a savior Who knows everywhere I've been And he's telling me
Opening with Walking Free, Micah Tyler here on this Haven Today in a program called The Christian's Warfare. I'm Charles Morris. C.S. Lewis wrote the Screwtape Letters. They were published back in 1942. He wrote the book as a satire. It was meant to be a rather playful look at how demonic forces work to destroy the lives of humans. But behind that joke, there is always an element of truth. And that's especially true with the Screwtape Letters, which is why it's been recommended by Christians of all backgrounds. This book clues us into the sneaky tactics of the devil as he seeks to lead us astray. Now I want you to listen to an excerpt from the dramatic presentation featuring Andy Serkis as the voice of Screwtape. (laughs) You see, I've been guiding his reading and taking care that he spends a good deal of time with his materialist friends. I suppose that strategy has its merits, but are you not being a trifle naive? Naive, Uncle? Well, it seems as if you suppose that argument is the best way to keep him out of the enemy's clutches. Isn't it? (laughs) Oh, I... I suppose it might have worked if he'd lived a few centuries ago. At that time, humans still knew pretty well when a thing was proved and when it was not. And if it was proved, they really believed it. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, they still connected thinking with doing and were prepared to alter their way of life as a result of a chain of reasoning. Yes. But what with the weekly press and other such weapons, we have largely altered that. Your man has been accustomed ever since he was a boy to a dozen incompatible philosophies dancing about together inside his head. Mm. Yes, he doesn't think of doctrines as primarily true or false, but as academic or practical or outworn or contemporary or conventional or ruthless. Uh Jargon, my boy. Not argument is your best ally in keeping him from the church. I see. Don't waste time trying to make him think that materialism is true. (laughs) Make him think that it is strong or stark or courageous. That's the sort of thing he cares about. Oh, uh, right. The trouble with argument is that it moves the whole struggle onto the enemy's own ground. He can argue too, whereas in really practical propaganda of the kind I am suggesting, he has been shown for centuries to be greatly the inferior of our father below. By the very act of arguing, you awake the patient's faculty of reason. And once it is awake, who can foresee the result? Even if a particular train of thought can be twisted so as to end in our favor, you will find that you have been strengthening in your patient the fatal habit of attending to universal issues and withdrawing his attention from the stream of immediate sense experiences. Your business is to fix his attention on the stream. Teach him to call it real life. Andy Serkis portraying Screwtape here on this program called The Christian's Warfare. We must acknowledge a sober truth. Yes, the battle is won in Christ. He has won it all for us, but we are still included in the fight. We are members of Christ's army and will engage in warfare throughout our lives. If you recall John Bunyan's famous allegory, Pilgrim's Progress, we almost stand like the figure Christian in that book and fight against the evil dragon Apollyon. 
We'll look at this more in future programs, but before that, I think it would be worth our time to talk about the battle that occurs within us. Light versus darkness. This is a battle that we engage in every day in what we think, what we say, what we do. Ephesians 5 paints a stark picture, beginning in verse 3. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God and Christ. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Have you thought of spiritual warfare as this sort of extraordinary experience? There is no encounter in the wilderness— Odds are most of us in the Western world won't be exposed to demonic possessions, at least that we know of. Spiritual warfare can actually seem quite ordinary. The battle between darkness and light takes place in our conduct. Paul exhorts the church in Ephesus to avoid any hint of sexual immorality, impurity, or greed. Ephesus was a bustling Roman city in the first century, 250,000 people living in its midst. Of course, there was one of the seven ancient wonders of the world, the Temple of Artemis. She was known as the goddess of fertility. And we need not mention the acts of worship. I put that in quotation marks that would occur within her sanctuary. It was nothing less than immoral and impure. But in a city that was so prominent, I'm sure some would be tempted to pursue wealth and power. In other words, greed. This sort of conduct was not becoming of Christians because we profess faith in a Savior who did not pursue earthly power, resources, or influence. We confess the Lord Jesus, who being God the Son, took on human flesh and humbled himself. As God's people, we should not only avoid such conduct, but we should avoid being partners with them. Paul is not telling us that we shouldn't speak with unbelievers, but rather we should not relate to them as brothers and sisters in the Lord, since they are not inheritors of God's kingdom. Verse 8 tells us why we ought to avoid such conduct and partnership. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. And this is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The works that Paul spoke about in verses 3 through 7, were associated with our old selves. When we were dead in our sin and separated from God, we pursued things that were immoral, impure, greedy. We were associated with darkness. But now, now that Christ has saved us from our sin 
and the Holy Spirit lives in us and strengthens us, we are not darkness, but light in the Lord. We engage in war with darkness simply by living as children of the light. It's not flashy. Most of us will not be well known after our deaths. But when we fight against immorality, impurity, and greed with goodness, righteousness, and truth, we are living as God called us to live. It's worth mentioning that our spiritual warfare is not only defensive, we're not just blocking attacks from the enemy, but we are attacking him in hopes of helping those caught in his trap. Did you catch what Paul said in our passage? Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. When we respond to darkness with goodness, righteousness, and truth, we are presenting those who are lost in darkness with this most amazing light of Jesus Christ. Like I shared earlier in the week, it's important to remember who our real enemies are, not flesh and blood, but the devil and his minions. Don't demonize unbelievers around you, but look on them in love and seek to win them over by shining the light of Christ over them. Share with them the good news of the gospel, but also walk the walk, talk the talk, show them that the gospel really matters in your manner of living. God can even use this to save those around you from the forces of evil. Let's take a moment and pray right now. Would you join me? Lord in heaven, I want to thank you so very much for sending Jesus Christ, who didn't just overcome death and forgive us our sins by dying on the cross to save us, But he also, at the same time, overcame evil and the powers of darkness. And one day that darkness will be shut out forever upon its return. And Satan will finally meet his eternal doom. Lord, show us that. May we be careful to walk the walk and talk the talk, not because we can do it in our own strength, but because the Holy Spirit is alive and well in us, showing us how to live every day for our Savior, Jesus. We need Jesus more now today than ever before. So we pray this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness shining. Jesus, light of the world shining on us. Set us free by the truth you now bring us Shine on me Shine on me Shine, Jesus, shine Fill this land with the Father's glory Play, Spirit, play
Knowing You Jesus album and Shine Jesus Shine, a classic early day praise song here on this Haven Today, The Christian's Warfare. Well, let me cut to the point. We just heard from God's holy word that every Christian faces spiritual warfare. And it's not just during Halloween time every October. There are very real dark spirits at work today in our world. And Paul told the Ephesians they needed to stand against the devil's schemes. Well, that's exactly why C.S. Lewis wrote the Screwtape Letters. He wanted to help you and me, learning in reverse the various schemes of our enemy. And now you can listen to Radio Theater's first-class dramatization of this book. And as you listen to this five-hour production, and I can't tell you how many friends of mine enjoy listening to audio today, even books on tape. I know you'll better understand the devil's hatred for the Lord Jesus. But I also believe the Screw Tape Letters will encourage you to be better prepared for the real spiritual darkness that exists all around us and to call upon Jesus for his protection and to put on the armor of God that he gives. So I want to invite you to come right now to haventoday.org. Listen to samples of the audio drama. 
Take a look at the behind-the-scenes video where you'll see the gifted character actor Andy Serkis bring screw tape to life. And then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. And just a reminder, this four-CD set costs us a little more to get to you, so please be as generous as you can. And if you would rather, you can just call us right now and make your gift and get the CD set by calling 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And just as we have to go, if you're a regular listener to this program, would you pray about becoming a Haven partner? That's someone who agrees to pray regularly, but give automatically monthly to help us keep sharing Christ with others. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time as again together we'll share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Royalty. We don't tend to think of them so much as authority figures anymore, do we? Take the royal family in Britain. We follow what they do. We know their histories and relationships, their successes, their failures, and we attend their weddings, at least from miles away on a screen like TV or a computer. But they don't lead and guide us. Instead, Christians have a much better king, the Lord Jesus Christ. As the old prophecy from Genesis tells us, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. What a ruler. What a savior. What a God. Go deeper in God's word daily with Anchor Devotional. Try it out at getanchor.com.